to positions of hopelessness and helplessness. The government gives them the drugs, builds bigger prisons, passes a three-strike law, and then wants us to sing God Bless America. No, no, no. Happy uh, September 11th. Are you supposed to say it like that? I don't know. Uh, hi, welcome to Pod Damn America. It's our uh, it's Twitter's birthday, 9-11. I guess it's like, our, since our podcast is kind of, you know, dunking on America, it's it's kind of our birthday. <laughs> I don't know. Um, hi, I'm Jake. Alex is here. <laughs> hi, everyone. I'm wearing a spooky costume, and I'm here for my favorite holiday, 9-11. You dress up for 9-11. I like it. Maybe new tradition. Anders Lee, what's up? Anders never forgetting Lee here. <clears throat> was that... So, Jeremiah Wright, wasn't his goddamn America thing in response to 9-11? Was it in response to 9-11? <laughs> I think so, yeah. I uh, think that's where he was like, not God bless America, goddamn. Yeah, I won't do the song well, you just heard. Right. Yeah, how was it? What else does he say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A lot of truths, shall we say? Um, I mean, it, he kind of, kind of like the you know Malcolm X chickens coming home to roost speech after uh, after JFK, uh, you know. Yeah, and he's dressed up like a Frankenstein. Yeah, sure. All right, dude. I'm getting this started. No one's on board for wearing costumes on 9/11, but next year we're all going to be doing it. Aren't we all wearing costumes <laughs> right. on 9/11? Twenty years is when it finally becomes funny. Yeah, that's how <laughs> officially. It yeah, get Gil- Gilbert Godfrey on the phone and let him know. <laughs> Gilbert Godfrey what? speaking. The, towers? He, <laughs> the two speeches everyone remembers directly after 9/11. Jeremiah Wright and Gilbert Gottfried, both <laughs> equally relevant. You should switch that up for the intro today. Gilbert yeah. Gottfried, <laughs> <laughs> That's God. what me and my girlfriend next Halloween are going as uh, Gilbert Gottfried and Jeremiah Wright for Halloween. <laughs> going perfect cu- for 9-11. Perfect couples. Yeah. Going for 9-11. That's when the new trick-or-treating is. Well, they should move Halloween to 9-11. To appease all the like anti anti Satanist people in America, we'll get to I that heard later. they canceled nine eleven this year because of coronavirus. Yeah, that's true. That's why they did it. Yeah. That voice you're hearing, by the way, is our guest today, Jeremy Logan, uh, co-chair of Spokane DSA. Did I get that right? Yes, that's it. Hey man, Jeremy Logan. and uh, founder of Spokane Area Tenants United as well. Yeah, you, I've heard that so many times. Yeah. I'm sorry, I couldn't <laughs> resist. I know. <laughs> It's, it's like you know, you know, it's that one thing that the people have heard their entire life, and you just yeah. Have well, especially because you're from the Pearl Jam region, right? Yeah, yeah. I am actually grew up in Seattle, so. Oh wow! Okay. My uh, my friend who's been a guest on this podcast a few times, who's also many people know him from his band Page Ninety Nine. His name is Blake Midget, so he's like one of those guys <laughs> who's like 
heard them all, you know? And uh, right. he actually is getting a vasectomy today. And I know that because I ran into him the other day and he was walking around New York yelling into his cell phone. Yeah. Like at the doctor. <laughs> yes, I want to get my vasectomy on 9-11. <laughs> <laughs> I'm crashing some surgical tools into my ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They were like, are you sure? Like, it seems it's like uncouth, you know? But I was uh, really hoping you were going to say that Blake is also used to people saying, Saying his name like Jeremy from Pearl Jam. Blake Midges. <laughs> Doesn't even make sense. Fuck you guys. <laughs> yeah. But he told me that his doctor that's performing his vasectomy is named Dr. Yank. And so he's also like one of those guys. Wait, uh, Yank? Yank. Or Gank? Yank. With a K. Like Yankee? Yeah. Wow. Okay. And he went into uh, dick science. Or his balls. I mean, it, that seems like a name that he may have changed legally to be more, you know, to get the psychological. Right. <laughs> his, his family was wank before they came into Ellis Island. Yeah. <laughs> and they had to change it to make it more American. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, you know, pour one out for Blake's balls. The very t- terrifying procedure, from what I understand, <laughs> for the surgery he elected to have. Yeah, we know we gotta, we're all going to wear ribbons and stuff for him. <laughs> um, we'll send the balls to the Spokane Sheriff's Department. There you go. Gift. Great segue, Anders. <laughs> because, Thank you. Yeah, they'll, um, yeah, they'll, they'll uh, throw them in a van. I don't know if this metaphor works, Jeremy. Why don't you tell us what happened to you? <laughs> all right, so um, less. Uh, not this last Sunday, the Sunday before, um, I was heading down to uh, protest. And to kind of give it a little bit of a backstory, uh, Ozzy Kanovich, the sheriff here in Spokane, has a, a history of like, I mean, he really wants to be like a hero. He really sees himself as a hero. He's very Trump guy. He ignored the governor's calls to stop working with ICE. Um, he pretty famously pulled a Portland comedian off of a Greyhound bus. Um, Which one? Because he was brown. I, I don't remember the guy's name. I heard this story. Yeah. He pulled him off the bus and forced him to prove his identity. And apparently it wasn't good enough. So they had detained him. Um, Is Ian Carmel? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. I know you, do, I, I know you don't work for the goddamn late show. I don't know. I think he had, like, <laughs> I think he had an Arabic uh, uh, name. Um, Funny or die isn't a real credit. Yeah, he's so, a comedy nerd. Yeah, and so he re- and he also really so he's protecting um, the good white people from the bad brown people, and he is also very serious about Antifa. As you probably know by his 45-minute comedy routine that he did on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that. Right? It's pretty funny. Which is <laughs> unbelievably hilarious. Um, they actually uh, clowned on him on uh, uh, Majority Report yesterday. Somebody sent it to me. It's pretty funny. Nice. But um, Nice. So I on Sunday, I'm on my way to a protest, um, and I tell my friend that I'm going to meet him at a certain intersection that I've been parking at for all the protests is kind of out of the way. And there's like a punk venue right across the street where, you know, they've, uh, uh, they're usually there. So I figured somebody would kind of keep an eye on things and, you know, make sure nothing happens to my truck. So it's a good safe place for me to park. 
And um, I get out of my, or I call my friend when I get there. I get out of my truck and I'm walking to meet him. And I notice there's this this dude. He's like, looks like a fat, like aging boulder, bowler. So he's got like a bowler black shirt, like a rockabilly guy that didn't do it right. You know what I mean? Slicer. Like only listens to the Stray Cats. So David you know? Simon, basically. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and so, he, and he's walking and I already think he's weird, you know, but the direction he's walking is away from downtown and towards like massively free parking everywhere. So it doesn't make sense for him to be parking in this paid parking lot. And I'm like, that is weird. What the hell is he doing? And then I hear my name and I turn around and a dude that's dressed like militia has a bulletproof vest on and everything and a gun, but with no signia or anything saying that he's with the sheriff's department or anything like that. And another guy that's dressed like a mall cop and they come <laughs> running at me and they go, Jeremy. And I turn around. I'm like, what the fuck? And I look back and the, the fat bowler rockabilly guy is right in front of me and he opens up his his shirt and he's got like a row of handcuffs and one thing like he's he pulls out like a like a bowling ball to hit you with (laughs) like mystery man (laughs) (laughs) and uh so i start asking him like so what you know what am i being arrested for and he said well you have a warrant in okanagan county and i'm like no i don't have a warrant in okanagan county i know i don't have a warrant in okanagan county because i never fucking go to okanagan county I do know that I do have a warrant and my warrant is for not paying fines in Douglas County. It's about three or four counties away. Um, It's nothing that they would extradite me on. Sure. I've been pulled over and warned about it and I keep meaning to take care of it. And I'm, I'm slightly irresponsible with some things and I kind of put things on the back burner. So I'm aware of that. Like I knew that I had to get this taken care of. It's also not the kind of warrant where you're usually cornered by three armed men in a parking lot. Right. Un, yeah. Unidentified people, one with an assault rifle, <laughs> you know, <what> I mean? <laughs> like like going to war yeah. and doing this whole like secret thing. Like there was also a guy that looked like a homeless man that all of a sudden j- leapt up and was like, <laughs> he's wearing like a part of the whole thing. suit. It's just like trash and cardboard. <laughs> yeah. ah, surprise. Like, they did this insanely like like they were busting a uh, 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 I don't know, or someone who, uh, like a baby or something, like a like baby was, carriage, and like the baby pops out with a gun. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. It was it was completely it cartoonish. It's a cop with like then, a like a guitar case, and then he opens it. And it's a fucking assault <laughs> yeah. rifle. Yeah, it was it was completely cartoonish. So, and then uh, um, a van pulls up, and this like beat up like '90s minivan pulls up, and guys come out of that too. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? You know, like I didn't pay a fine. Yeah, this is what it's for. And they keep they keep trying to misrepresent that, too, by saying that it's for a felony warrant for uh, um, failure to p- appear on a drug charge on a possession of heroin charge. Hey, hey listen, that was the pal, original. You'll think twice before you throw trash in the recycling next time. All right. Spokane, Washington. <laughs> they take it seriously up in Washington State recycling. You seen the Portlandia yeah, episode? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, uh, what it was is that. I, my original charge was a possession of heroin charge. It was nine years ago. I've been clean almost ever since. It's been eight and a half years since I've used any drugs or alcohol or anything. And um, uh, so I completed all of my DOC, we'll all of that shit. That. But yeah, when I, when I got done, I didn't have the money to pay for the uh, um, fines. And I just started school 
So I was living on student loans and they wanted me to pay these fines that I couldn't pay. And so I said, I can maybe give you $25 a month, 50 bucks a month. And they were like, that's not enough. And told me they would issue a warrant for me. And I said, fine, whatever, you know, like issue a warrant then. And I hung up and it's, I've what's the worst that could happen. <laughs> <laughs> and so I've had a warrant for eight years that they can't, ex they haven't been able, they don't extradite me on. So I've yeah. never been taken in for it. Every time I've talked to an, a cop and they ran my name, they just told me I had to, a warrant. It's like getting a ticket for a, a parking a bike <clears throat> wrong. Like it's right. not something yeah. that, yeah. No, dude. I mean, yeah. I like I, explain it to my listeners, but you don't have to explain it to me because I've this exact same things happened yeah. to me like a million times. No, yeah. I, 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 all through my twenties, I lived paycheck to paycheck, and then <laughs> you know, at one point, like a couple years ago, I had to get a driver's license after having like living in New York and realizing, oh shit, I'm going to go on tour, and the person's going to want me to drive. You know, I had to go back and figure out how to pay off tickets from like some bum ass town in Texas yeah, that yeah. I was driving through ten years ago, and the guy pulled me over and stuff, and like, you know, I mean, this is just a. Uh, where it, the system is sort of set up. It's like it's it structurally feeds people back into the carceral system just in this way that like, yeah, if you're broke, it's impossible to pay all this shit off. It make, yeah. gives yeah. them business, you know, With, without it. Gets, I pay I pay like five hundred dollars in old fines from when I was still on drugs from nine years ago. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing about it. That's five hundred dollars a month is like that. It, it just stacks up and up and up because you miss, you know, whatever date. And I've had that happen. I mentioned bikes earlier, but actually like moving violations on a bike going through a red light <laughs> in New York City, you get, you know, a $90 fine. And then if you don't have the money a few months later, it's $600 and it's just it's out of control. Totally. Well, I, I got caught up in that, too, with the my driver's license because I'm a house painter, you know, so I have to drive to work. I can't. There's no way around it, really. Yeah. Yeah. And um, uh, so. I would go to work and I wouldn't have a license because I had gotten like one. It started with one driving without insurance ticket that I couldn't pay. And it's wintertime. I'm not working. So work starts back up. I go start working and uh, pay on before I can pay on the fine. Like I get pulled over going to work or whatever. And then uh, it just it was a continuous cycle. And then they start putting you in jail for driving without a license. Right. And so you yeah. do like 10, 14 days. My uh, old stand-up comedy album opens with a story about that. I got arrested like the week I was going to leave Texas forever and had to go to jail for all my fucking fines. It was, uh, it's <laughs> <up>. <laughs> I was just going to leave them in Texas, but then I mean, all my adult crimes are because I was suffering from addiction because I maybe have some kind of mental illness or something that makes me not take care of responsibilities very well. Uh, no matter how much hard I try, it seems sometimes. And, and, like it, it's all just being irresponsible or being addicted to drugs. Like it's, I ne there's it's no illegal to, to be poor. This is all it is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can just pay. I paid absolutely. all this shit off as soon as I started making money, like a year ago. You know, <laughs> all of a sudden I'm a better. Right. Does that mean I'm a better person now because I had six thousand dollars laying around. <laughs> I'm not getting fucking right. sense. I think you should be yeah. able to file for bankruptcy, like morally. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's stuff that there should not be dealt with by a criminal justice system. You should have other systems in place. But, um, sure. but so this was just a few weeks ago, uh, which sometimes feels like a long time ago. But COVID was in full swing. Yeah, uh, and yet you go, you're you're put in jail, and uh, tell us about some of the conditions. Okay, you faced so, in the height, you know, COVID still very real threat. What 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 was it like to be in jail during that? Right. 
Well, the, there's also two things real quick that I want to touch sure. on. And one is that they never identified themselves. I continued to ask them who they were. I'm looking at their shirts. I'm like, that looks like a police officer's shirt, but there's no signia on it. There's no name on it. I'm like, who the fuck are you? And they said, none of your business. Then the city cop came and picked me up from them, which this, the whole thing's weird. And I, I'm talking to him and I'm like, this isn't how this works. You, you don't even know if I'm going to be extradited because you haven't called. And he said, those officers told me that you were. And I said, those were officers. And he goes, yep. And I go, what kind of officers are those? And he said, I don't know. <laughs> and, what? And so that conversation is recorded too. So that's going to come out at some point. <laughs> Maybe they're just going off the same metric we go on. They're like, they must be officers. They look like they're bowlers or something. Yeah. I don't know. The, you yeah, can they, tell. When you hear you can tell. Like, they look like complete piece of shit assholes, so they must be cops. <laughs> One of them was a <laughs> They're Venture made out of Brothers a series villain. of orbs. They're officers. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so then, okay, they took me in. I'm wearing an ACAB shirt, too, which is just perfect. You know what I mean? And one of the cops, like, unironically says, yeah, all cops are badasses. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? This is a big phenomenon with cops that I think is not talked about enough, which is when they got you, they try out material for yeah. a while. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and, and almost all of them at the Spokane County Jail, all the COs were like 5'5 five, five and 220 pounds, you know? Yeah. Right. But like can, real badasses. Can I, can I stop and focus on something for a second? Because I'm working on a theory here, right? The bowler guy <laughs> cop. Like whenever you see cops when they have I to go under their dad when well, <laughs> I mean, I, it's, here, here's here's what i'm getting at right whenever cops have to go undercover they don't know how to dress like a human and part of it <laughs> i think is like last week we were talking about the king of thailand is this guy who like wears crop tops and shit he just dresses yeah, like a complete that. lunatic because it's illegal to make fun of him right so i think this is like a common thing between cops just people who like aren't they literally have a gun and you can't be mean to them. They have like <laughs> no sense of humor. They don't really have any of the things that connect us to other people. So they have these bad jokes. They don't really know how to dress like a normal human. They're like something is seriously going on with disconnecting a group of people from like the rest of society and then trying yeah. to insert them back into it. It makes sense that they have their own weird little gangs and clubs and stuff. I don't know. They're, yeah. They're, you know, they're dorks, so I'm getting at. Well, yeah, anytime you have a group of people that are worshipped by a segment of, of the population, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> there's going to be some weirdness going on. Yeah. yeah. When people are like un unequivocally, like, no matter what you do, I support you, officer. I guess what I'm saying is, as a comedian, I'm looking at this and going, like, like cops don't realize that being a cop is a bad deal because it's making you into a lamer person because there is value in p your friends making fun of you and stuff for the way you dress and shit. Right. And they're being like, you know, criticism, albeit healthy or whatever. So, like, part of the cop mind is I can never be wrong about anything, and my friends all support me no matter what. And that's how we end up with this officer that we'll get to in a little bit and his incredible, you know, he put his own, like, psyche on display in his weird YouTube video he made. And, like, you know, he told on himself a lot, I get, I guess, <laughs> yes. I'm saying. But go on. Okay, so um, when I get into the jail, the, the cell hadn't even been cleaned. Like there was the floor hadn't been swept. There was hairballs and shit. The sink had soap scum all over it. The toilet had soap scum all over it. Uh, there was food crumbs on the bed. 
So I'm fairly certain that they just didn't even bother to clean the cell. They just threw me in a cell that someone else had just been sleeping in and on a bed that someone else had been sleeping in. Sure. And uh, this this is by far my worst jail experience. And I've done a full tour of Washington State jails. Um, and this one was the most nightmarish because it was like too light at night to sleep and too dark the rest of the time to feel like you're alive. Mm. Um, I, I mean, I, I, before I was old enough to drive a car, I did 30 days in, uh, on 23 hour lockdown. And, but this with, with the circumstances and everything surrounding it, like my mental health. And I, I don't like to admit this to them because I really tried not to show them at all that I was bothered by it because fuck them. But my, I, within a few hours, like my mental health deteriorated and I had, I had thoughts of suicide, not like plans or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, I was very, upset and unsure of what was going to happen and if they are willing to put all that effort into me like what's going on next what happens from here and it made me very paranoid and um and i started thinking like i have my own business and i'm my only labor i don't exploit labor so i paint for myself by myself and i was thinking about all the money i'm gonna lose and how if i don't get out right away and they send me to Douglas County for this stupid shit. And I'm sitting here on dead time and all of this. I, I'm, I'm losing money. I'm, I'm not going to be able to make enough money to store enough for the winter because I don't work in the winter. And um, so all these fears were in my mind. And then at like 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, I only know that because the kids told me. Um, but they brought some young guy in there and um, and he slept almost the entire time but it was just nice to have somebody there um yeah but uh but also they just brought him in there was no cleaning of the beds before he came in and when he left they never cleaned his bed either and so i was there for a day and a half and finally at, right at the end they brought me upstairs which is the nicer area where there's like a wreck area and everything but my cellie at the time told me that uh, the, like, we'll be lucky if we get a half hour out every uh, two days because that's the conditions that people are living in in Spokane County Jail. A half hour every two days. Mm. And um, yeah. so it, it, they're horrible conditions. They also, you know, they only let me use the phone once. They didn't let me get into my phone to get phone numbers out. Uh, then the whole time I'm there, I'm asking to use the phone. And they said, we'll get to you when we get to you, which is pretty typical of COs. Like, they love to tell you to fuck off. They yeah. live for <laughs> And I, I assume because of COVID, they're extra careful. They must have given you plenty of masks and hand sanitizer and PPE. Like, they were extra no. precautious about that, right? No hand sanitizer. The soap that they give you are those little, you know, Bob Barker tiny little bars of soap they weren't even wrapped when i got them oh, uh and Gross. i'm pretty sure there's nothing antibacterial about them or anything they definitely don't like remove odor from stinky people i can tell you that <laughs> and uh um no hand sanitizers they did give us masks but then they also packed us in like there must have been 12 of us in an elevator 
Jesus. You know, so we're all, he's like, cram in there. So we're all like bunched up, touching each other, holding our blankets and shit. And uh, so, I mean, yeah, masks was the extent of it. They didn't, you could tell a lot of them didn't really take it seriously. Um, you could tell by the conversations that I would overhear while I was sitting in my cell and trying to stare at them because I had nothing else to look at. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, if, if you ever walk through a jail, like it's the creepiest looking thing because everybody's face is just peeking through this small little glass, you know, trying to look and see what's going on out there if they hear yeah. something. Yeah. And everybody from from outside of a cell looking in, everybody looks crazy. <laughs> right, but yeah. it's because you're the thing to look at. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I have uh well, yeah, I may have had an experience with this where I was one of the only uh Caucasian people in the jail and as I entered everyone was like hooting and hollering <laughs> and, and saying uh Bobby your mom's going to be mad, Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> of that nature. You're like, I have, uh, I have a girlfriend. I have a girlfriend. But one thing that like really stuck out to me about this story and that I found like really sketchy is that like, uh, as you said, they didn't show badges when they arrested you. And they also got the counties mixed up. Uh, but the sheriff's office is like seemingly is maintaining that they were sheriff people, but it, it seems pretty plausible that they may, may have been feds. Do you have any like inkling as to who well, these guys were? They did send they at one point while I was in jail, I was pulled out for court and I walk through this long path and then I get to the end. And there's two guys waiting for me. One of them looked like the, the DEA, a agent from uh the like brother-in-law from breaking bad oh, oh yeah, yeah. just like him just <laughs> like him but fatter and dumber no that character yeah. was very well cast because there are a lot of yeah. those yeah dudes oh yeah i've discussed they this all, before they... it's san antonio uncle is the like type <laughs> of Latin dude who joins ice. i mean a lot of them look like friend of the show blake majette not as <laughs> True. not as as handsome but you know they they all have that type so so when I talked to them, they, they told me that uh, federal agents wanted to talk to me and if I'd be willing to talk to them. And my initial reaction was just I was pissed. So I said, fuck no. And then I said and then they said, OK, well, send him back. And I'm like, fuck, because I just got out of my cell. Like I've, I've been in there for uh, over a day now. And I'm like, yeah. I don't want to at least talk to somebody, you know. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Why is this, why is this happening? Like, why was I picked up in an unmarked van that wasn't built for policing at all? Mm-hmm. And uh, I hate to backtrack, but at one point they were trying to figure out where to put me. And one of them said, put him in the van. And he said, I can't. It's full of guns. Oh. What? I forgot to mention that very this big seems highlight. Like a huge there. detail. <laughs> I know. But I think it's like ADD or something. I can't. Oh man. <laughs> if they had made that mistake and this just went on a totally like renegade action movie direction. Where you bust I, yeah, out I wish of the I windows, cool, you're but... double wielding. That yeah. would have been Was it a so, gun uh, in like a baby seat in the back of the van next to you? <laughs> oh, just move that, you know? <laughs> So at that point, he he was like, "Oh, I don't know. Just talk to them. Maybe they have something good for you." And I was like, "No, I'm not. I'm not talking to the federal agents, because what I really I was protecting myself because I did know that my mental health was like on shaky ground, and I'm 
pretty solid these days you know yeah. i'm a happy person um i i have great friends like i i'm not poor for the first time in my life you know at 40 years old i'm finally not poor and you're um, a socialist that's what it does to you social yeah. <laughs> oh, it feels good yeah. yeah yeah it does feel good i have i got i got like real people in my life you know Real friends, not fake friends. It's <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. a Facebook outreach line right. we're using. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, um, uh, anyway, yeah, they they sent me back to my cell, and and I sat there and just really started going crazy at that point because now I'm like, fuck, feds are trying to talk to me and everything. Like, what do they think I'm a part of? You know, right? And if they if the thing about cops is if they think that you're a bad guy. That justifies anything they do yeah. up to that point. So if they're planning evidence on you or they're beating you up or they're framing you for something, it's totally justified because you're the bad guy. And right. that's how Sheriff Ozzy has worked to really paint me in the media is that I'm the bad guy. And then all these like there's like 20 right wing rags that have picked up this story. And they all use this one picture of me where I have a bandana on because of COVID <laughs> and I'm wearing a a, a a Malcolm X shirt where he's holding a gun and it says mood underneath it. And so that's the, that's the, they went through my Facebook and that's the picture they all used except one rag, which is probably Christian had a picture of me like waving my finger and I had a shirt that said, not today, Jesus on it. <laughs> it's something scarier than a black revolutionary with right. a gun. Yeah. <laughs> Satan, yes. Talking back to Jesus. Yeah, man, so, they're so easy to scare. It, Those people are so dumb. Well, yeah, because they live in a total fantasy world and yeah. they don't, you know, they don't have any desire to understand anything outside of their little bubble. It's and, funny, like a lot of the like Andy No fan art and shit like that depicts like <laughs> Antifa guys as having you're dressed in black, but you have a red bandana for some reason, which is like a, right, sure right. it happens, but they were kind of uh -huh. stuck on it, and it's making me realize that like retroactively, the boomer brain is going to eventually get really angry at like Twinkie the Kid and like all these old <laughs> bandana like unpoliticized <laughs> right, right. bandana things from the past, you know. Like yeah, it, all the like kid kid cartoons from the fifties and shit. Yeah, like they just <laughs> hate an item of clothing now because it's associated <laughs> with this thing that they've built up in their brain. Is like, you know, we'll get to that anyway. Supposedly. If he's yeah. not delicious, why is he hiding his face? Yeah, why would he not want me to see his face? He doesn't want me to. Know, he doesn't want us to know what he's done. Right. <laughs> um. Yeah. So you probably didn't know how long you were going to be in there. No idea. And as far as I knew, I wasn't going to be extradited either. And as far as I knew from that, if they were already holding me on a warrant where I wasn't going to be extradited, maybe they're just going to hold me indefinitely and really fuck with me and to try to get me to talk. And I have no desire to talk to federal agents. I, I don't really I don't have anything to hide, but I don't want to give them any information that they're going to try to use against somebody else. Right. Because they're psychos and they don't know what they're doing. They're stupid and incompetent most of the time. Um, and uh, they have like real horse shit theories about everything. And right. so, yeah, I, I just don't want them, you know, I'm not going to give them any ammo to hurt anybody. And so do you think those guys who initially arrested you were sheriff or, or were they like DHS or someone? I have no idea. We're going to find that out. Okay. 
because we put in a request. Um, so we're going, we're going to go through all the public records and everything, find out who the officers were and check yeah. to make sure that they're even sheriff's office because I originally just assumed they were DHS yeah. and he's claiming they're his and, and partly too, because of the incompetence, because, you know, I've read about how poorly <laughs> DHS is trained, but, um, our sheriff now, like he, he really hates training too. So he's, he's really against training right now. He's fighting to make sure that, uh, officers don't have to get as much training. <laughs> well, just, sure. uh, wasn't there boring. some, <laughs> <laughs> I read that he is, yeah, he doesn't want the, what the sensitivity training or whatever, but he is, uh, in favor of what, whatever that outsource stuff is, where they bring in like the warrior training or what it, it's oh. like some oh, variation kill all, of that. Kill all. The guy who trains them to kill without feeling. Right. Yeah, and if you yeah. ever watch, if you ever watch any of that guy's videos, the Killology vi videos, he spends a lot of time talking about how. First of all, the first thing they do is watch like a half hour of cops being killed. I hate so they just pretentious cops that call it Killology. Get, You're a kill tender. Yeah, yeah. Does anyone get this joke? Right. <laughs> anyone? It becomes a coffee table book with like someone yeah, out with a bow tie I, I on the front. With a I went to school for killing. I, yeah. <laughs> wasn't an apprenticeship. <laughs> joke about mixology. I don't know if that read. read to no, yeah, okay, that's, right. that, I was trying. I was trying to go run with it. All right, all right. <laughs> I was like, is okay. Is this gonna make any sense? Yeah. I, I went to killology school. All right, yeah. Oh, right, right, right. Because yeah. it's a fucking bartending school, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they make you that's measure how, the blood in, like, ounces and shit. <laughs> this is too inside baseball. You <laughs> work as a bartender. So, uh, I, don't understand <laughs> I just hung out in a lot of bars, so. <laughs> in bartending school, they often teach you to measure liquor in, like, a different measurement than it is measured in the U.S. So if you work at a bar, especially if you run a bar and you hire people, you get these people that have never worked, but they say, oh, I went to the school, and then they measure shit in, like, milliliters and stuff. Right. Like, what the fuck? This is America. We do ounces here. That's <laughs> That's why a lot of bars, when they're hiring, will put up a notice that's like, if you went to bartending school, do not apply. Right. It's like you have right. to untrain these people. It's like, yeah. like these, it's like cops. It's like killology. Right. It's like, yeah. like, like, like drugs. Once you start buying enough, it, you go to the metric system. Mm -hmm. True. Yeah. yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's like on a Breaking Bad level. They're on another <laughs> level of bartending. You can't even fathom yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, okay, so let's get back to uh, Officer Ozzy Kid. Was that, what the fuck is his name? He's the Ozzie, sheriff, Ozzie isn't Mendias. he? We just call him Sheriff Ozzy usually, but it's Kanovich. <laughs> Kanovich. Sheriff Ozzy Kanovich. So he prefer he likes the killology training. He doesn't want sensitivity training. Um, this guy is okay. Sounds like he's uh, got his own vision of what he thinks the Spokane Police Department should be. Um, Warriors for God. Yeah, and he's working. I mean, so we're, it's unclear whether or not this was feds, but like they they asked you at one point to talk if you wanted to talk to the feds. Um, it sounded like they were going to try to coerce you from there i guess is what i'm oh, hearing sure. like, yeah. like you know do you want to get out of jail come talk to the feds probably incriminate <laughs> yourself um uh, yeah so you probably made the right move by just sticking it out um, right even if you only made it because you were pissed off or confused or whatever i was amazed at how clear-headed the decision was <laughs> well they really I do mean, a lot of people have been like sure anyone i'll talk uh, to anyone <laughs> i mean but i i i've been arrested like 40 times so yeah 
<laughs> and not by the way, none in the last eight and a half years, yeah. which is a pretty good run, you know, but I'm I also, uh, I think we're like similar types of dirt bag because I've also been arrested <laughs> a lot. And I've been thinking about that lately because I live in uh, Brooklyn and I'm on Twitter a lot. And so there's like, um, you know, sort of like a radicalization Olympics. Like, oh, I've been a socialist since fucking 2010. You were a Bernie. You Bernie turned you into a social. I think about that all the time because I'm like, really, really, when I started thinking like that, I really hate the government. It's probably when I got arrested a million times when I was like 18, you know, and then all this stuff came from there. So I always get mad at people who are, you know, mine. Nothing will like radicalize thir- you more than being in fucking jail. It's horrible. And you right, start to yeah, think for, about no, it. For real, like, for what real. the fuck is this? Why does this exist? Yeah. <laughs> But it probably, it probably started for me when I was like 13 and, and drinking Mad Dog 2020 at a Moral Crux show in Wenatchee. So nice. that, that's probably when it started. <laughs> I hate the government. Hell yeah. Yeah, because you realize. an age gap thing. I am Googling Mad, Mad Dog 2020. <laughs> oh, man. What were you? Uh, what was your great, life like? Uh, at, at the time in the 90s, it was like uh, $30 or $3 and uh, you and your, your best friend could get hammered. I have oh, a. Oh, yes. Uh, you have to understand, I'm only 16 years old. So I, know, I, I only know it because of the uh, Elliott Smith song. I have a oh, Mickey's malt liquor a tattoo. Oh, nice. Yeah. I don't know if they have <laughs> that up go. there. The original 40s. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, are you pursuing like le- legal action? I mean, you, you did a, the smart thing, which is not talking. And, like, even if anyone is in this situation, like, I think the thing to do is ask for a lawyer, even if you can't afford one yet, you know. Uh, yeah, I, like let, let's expand on that just a little bit. Yeah. Like everyone should really, really take it seriously to not talk to police. Right. They will never help you. They will always lie to you. I put out a post as soon as I got out. I said, I've, I've never had an activist or an organizer lie to me about anything important. I've never had an officer lie or tell me the truth about anything important. So mm. officers always lie. Yeah. Always right. lie. They're playing a different game, you know, like you're trying to get out. They're trying to put you in. Why would they tell you the truth? (laughs) They tell you that your friends have snitched on you. They tell you that uh, they already know the story. They tell you they they tell you that you're going to go away for life or you're going to do two years or three years. And and you're going to want to do anything you can to get out. And the best thing you can do is shut up. Yep. And call your friends when you can. Just think yeah. of Adriana from The Sopranos. All of that shit could have been avoided if she hadn't let herself get, you know, right. intimidated by the by the right. FBI when they, yeah. And they had nothing yeah. on her. Yeah. Right. The Rosa Luxemburg two thousand. Why is everybody rewatching The Sopranos right now? How did that happen? <laughs> it's it's fucking Twitter. It's the twenty year thing. It's twenty years. Uh, Things it's, become yeah. I, we're we're doing with Twitter is we're constructing like a one personality that we all worship, like a uh, you know that Wicker Man type thing. Like it's just a, a one <laughs> set of movies. John Wick, yeah. The Sopranos. It makes no fucking sense. <laughs> the liberals do it with Harry Potter, but we're doing the same thing. All right. 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 Ev- everyone read Dune. All everyone. What happened? What's going on? <laughs> I don't. Buy I, it. I, I never read Dune. Dune. I did. I, I read Dune. I'll it. say it. I read the book. <laughs> I, I read the first one. It's pretty good. <laughs> I, I think I like about worms. it all the time. <laughs> I can't do. It's too elaborate for me. I need. I need mafia stuff instead. Finally, somebody. Somebody comes out and they say it. They can't handle it. Yeah. They can't handle all the intrigue. I'm never watching Sopranos. That's I'm just gonna put that out. Really? There. I do like Dune. I, I mean, see, I'm sure it's I, good. 
I'm going to do the fucking annoying thing and be like, well, I was watching it before, but it it is a, a landmark show that's I think, pretty brilliant. <laughs> I'm sure. You've always been very curious about Italians. That is. <laughs> yes, I guess. You want to know more about their mind. Yeah. I'm going to bring the conversation back now. Thank you. So, <laughs> yeah. um, you had this in. How long were you in for uh, in total before you got out? Uh, it was a day and a half or so. Okay, right. And then uh, you get out. Uh, you ha- you have an article come out in the Huffington Post, right? Um, describing essentially what happened to you. And then they they reach out to the sheriff's department. Um, <laughs> yeah. Do you have that <laughs> that that clip? Uh, I'll put a marker. Here we can put it. I'll, I'll stick it into the episode. I don't even know what clip to refer to because I oh, essentially. Yeah. The sheriff puts out essentially like a clapback video where he does a press conference for 45 minutes and yeah. then just, just like the yells. dorkiest thing in the entire world. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that you could do this, that you just get everyone <laughs> together and then yell at the newspaper. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah let's, when you're the sheriff. Let's talk about the this. Whole- I'll link it for anyone who wants to watch the full 45 minutes in the show notes. But to, to it wrap it comedy. up for you, it's... It's, it's insane. The the sheriff in question here just made like a like a like a special like a like a, a Q and A type thing, <laughs> like a presentation. He did like Hannah Gadsby's oh, dude, second this... comedy special with the PowerPoint. <laughs> you know what he did? You got the fucking sheriff of Spokane to do alt comedy at you. He was right. using like PowerPoint his slides. His cadence and stuff. on this. If it was irony, cadence, oh man, yes. His cadence in the video is verbatim like tim and eric voice from 2006 <laughs> the entire time it's like is this is is that is something you'd want to happen to you he's like look if you look here in portland these guys have this symbol and if now you go to spokane these guys also have this symbol yeah. like that was his, like, yes they're antifa and they came from portland individual and daniel i'm going to give you the entire slide deck, so you don't have to worry about it. Um, this individual, Chris Caesar, says that he's worked in uh, for the uh, Washington Post, uh, Boston Globe, a few others. Sent me this uh, saying, hey, have some intelligence to share about Antifa. They effing rock. You tell me that the media isn't biased towards Antifa or in favor of. These are these are journalists, folks. So I said, hey, you free for a call? And he laughs and says, uh, no, I have a real job. Not the first time I've heard that slam. Job becomes really real when you have a baby die in your arms. Yes, people don't remember or realize what your law enforcement does for you. I thanked him for the nice optic. And he sent me that. These are journalism. These are journalists. National. Washington Post type. Yeah. He has a slideshow behind him the whole time. Uh, There's a lot of things spelled wrong, which I feel like is an easy base to cover before you do a press conference. (laughs) (laughs) The first six minutes involves a SpongeBob meme that someone sent him. Well, it's funny because so part of his like uh, point he's trying to make, part of his big thesis is that uh, this is all the work of you know 
A, like the outside agitator thing. We've talked a lot about how this is clearly advantageous for them. They can't really just black bag people and go after American citizens unless they've come up with this narrative that this is part of a like a attempt by a foreign government to infiltrate some sort of organization or whatever. So he keeps talking about how, oh, they're not from here. They come from other cities. This is clearly a thing that is advantageous to him. But in order to uh, to sort of put the whole story together, he's really getting at you know, what is essentially a conspiracy theory. Like he believes that he can't prove it, but there's some level of organization that he keeps alluding to. And that, you know, at the end of the day, obviously this is another dumb fucking weird cop. And at the same time, my arrest was not political at all. Right. It's weird. Cause he kept saying like, <laughs> the thing that I thought was really weird is he does a Q and a, and somebody asked him about it. And he's, he's saying your, the, your arrest was not political. He arrested you because you had, um, a felony warrant and that also because your rhetoric was increasing and getting more dangerous <laughs> and stuff and he starts pulling up like your facebook page and pointing to you know jokes you made and shit like that um and but then he says that the arrest was not political so it really like it, it, I, i'm not trying to reason with this obviously that's insane but like <laughs> yeah, if yeah. the arrest was just about the warrant but you're also worried that this guy's a terrorist then why did you just arrest him for the warrant and let him go? Like he, he's, he, he's he called my Facebook. He called my Facebook posts ISIS like because <laughs> <laughs> you had a sword in one of them, right? It was a cool yeah, sword is, that you were. Showing. Was, there was a sh- I had. There's a, a picture of me with my shirt off, holding a machete, and I it said something about like being ready for the zombie apocalypse or something. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they took. Like I was threatening or something. I mean, is this? Because I did, I did say that I wanted to take the heads off of those pigs with a handsaw, but I was specifically talking about the Colorado cops that murdered Elijah um, McLean. McLean, yeah, yeah, uh, right, right, right. And this is also a phenomenon that I think a lot of people are going to go through, and a surprising number of people like in this chat right now have gone through where you're in trouble and then an enforcement or an authority figure finds your tweets and reads them back to you right and you know cover for that shit (laughs) yeah i mean it's at some point it really just raises the question is like saying like why i oughta is that a fucking threat because this is these are fucking jokes and colorful language and stuff and like i mean you could imagine a situation in which like this police officer is, you know, investigating like uh, fucking Vinnie Barbarino from the fucking Welcome Back Cotter show. Or something. those people are always threatening to, you know, hit each other with a rubber hose or whatever. You know, that like <laughs> this is the way people communicate with each other. We use like violence in a comedic way all the fucking time. But if this is now grounds for grabbing anyone off the street, well. Yeah, then the, the, the premise that, that we have like a fair and just free speech fucking whatever society is completely out the fucking window. It's like oh, the warrant thing, right. right? Have Anyone having a fucking warrant out is a reason to black bag them. And in combination with that, if they've ever fucking made a joke, you know, that was maybe a little <laughs> bit, uh, you know, dicey or whatever, then. Well, in this guy's defense, he's not the best at picking up on uh, humor all the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's an email about six minutes in that is from uh, Chris Caesar, another friend of the show, who's like, says that, <laughs> that he's that a journalist. 
uh, for what was it? The Boston Globe, Washington, Washington Post. Post. Yeah, he just makes up and says that like what, like Antifa slaps or something. He, like, he said, he said, I, I, I have something very important to tell you about Antifa. They fucking rule. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then Sheriff Ozzy is like, and this is a Washington Post type journalist <laughs> sending said, this out. He said, and these are journalisms. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Again, you have to see the video because there's these long pauses after this stuff where yeah. it's like journalisms, dot, 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 dot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to, like the, the bowling shirt I was thinking I was talking about, you also notice cops can never talk because, like, the way that you develop an accent, you know, is from speaking with other people in a community. Cops have their own, like, like like uh, dialect and shit like that because they just talk yeah. to each other. So you notice he's like he keeps saying white supremacist. Like he can't yeah. sound out <laughs> the word supremacist. It's really odd. And and I had a- and there's only apparently one kind of white supremacist, and that is those who make terrorist threats. Because right. you can't right. possibly be just part of a system that has been built on white supremacy and you are enforcing it. Well, watching this come out of a cop's mouth is like peak, you know, whatever, the f- irony or whatever, because it's, you can look at him and you go, haven't you ever seen the Am I the Baddies sketch from that <laughs> Mitchell and Webb look? Like, you're doing it right now. You know, you are the fucking white supremacist. You're the arm of white yeah. supremacy, you know? Yeah. Well, th- so this guy takes an exception to himself being called uh, white supremacist, as he says. And uh, I would recommend everybody watch the video and also look at the YouTube comments, which he goes out of his way to respond to. And uh, <laughs> he tries- can't not respond to anything. He deleted all of my friends' uh, comments. Really? Yeah. Oh wow! Part and he says he's had... not a fascist. Yeah. He also <laughs> well, says he's not mad. He's, he's actually laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Some random like YouTube account with a Darth Vader emoji calls him a fascist, and he says, "Thank you for showing you didn't watch the video, and due to your own bias, <laughs> ill-informed beliefs, you have no actual argument." Um, this is a guy who literally knows nothing about what he's talking about and yeah. telling everybody else that they don't know what they're talking about. Right, like he's right. an expert on something he's never even actually bothered to learn about. Well, that and that's what I'm curious about, because um, this region of just the United States, because, you know, Idaho, I believe, is not too too far from Spokane. And that mm-hmm. there's just kind of this section Spokane. there. Spokane. I'm sorry. Um, that's right. <laughs> that's uh, there's like a heavy. There is a pretty. It's kind of a hotbed, or it has been historically for a long time. Yeah, you know, yeah. And, white supremacist. And do you do you have an indication that they have infiltrated the Spokane Police or Sheriff's Department? As of course we know they have in other police departments throughout the country. I have I have friends that uh, literally like work professionally doing uh, like learning about that kind of stuff and, mm-hmm. and what's going on there, and um, uh, they only kind of give us information when we need it you know um but i would suspect you know like in the 90s uh hayden hayden lake had a compound on it Mm. um a nazi compound and there's been nazi compounds all over the northwest right you know so they all over especially washington so they're they're they've been everywhere but the northern idaho one was huge and then ruby ridge was yes sort of close Uh, randy weaver um killing two uh federal agents 
but um because they were stalking him right like i, I don't fault <laughs> i have another quick tangent there is an um, another amazing youtube video of randy weaver uh like on the like 20th anniversary or something of of uh ruby ridge and there's this guy who plays plays a song for him about the ruby ridge incident and it's like insanely graphic about the <laughs> one plays a song for him about his wife getting shot in the head and he's just like sitting there and listening to it and he just like puts his head down with his like hand over his eyes just like clearly still traumatized oh wow yeah I, yeah i don't know where he ended up uh politically but i know he was like you know leaning into the the white supremacy people a little bit right before that all happened it sounds like but, he's doing good. Is he? Well, it's a sad, it is really a sad <laughs> story because he was sort of like entrapped into being a, well, I, I don't want to make excuses for him, but like. Right, right, right. He is. Yeah. Now he's, he's just a, a, a puppet for the, the nationalist, right? It's one of the problems with, with white trash guys, you know, like, and I, I can say that because I'm a white trash guy. <laughs> I grew, I grew up, I grew up in poor, poor white trash. And so, um, and, and so, most of my friends were growing up and you're left out by society. But at the same time, the only thing people say about you in the media is make fun of you. And it's right. totally cool. And so a lot of those people are like, well, fuck that. Like I get picked on by the cops too. Hey pal, and I might not my be friends- a redneck. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and, and you know, they're getting shot by police too and they're being beaten and and all this other kind of shit and uh kind of nobody really looks out for them and if they mention it they're uh chastised for it so we, we kind of leave poor white trash people out and mm-hmm. then white supremacists have a, a very good time just uh picking them up yeah yeah, yeah you know yeah. like obviously it's kind of problematic territory to you know get into the white working class narrative the the idea that trump was elected solely by that a group of people right. or whatever um it's just got narrative pitfalls in terms of, like the media and stuff like that but it's definitely a thing it's a real part of it and it's uh it's something that the answer to could be socialism right because what you're talking about is people who are fucking poor disenfranchised mm-hmm. and you know the 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 reason for that is capitalism right but yeah. we could you know that we like I guess what I'm getting at is, you know, primed for revolution is what these people kind of are. And you could kind of pitch them that you could say, hey, like, there's a reason your life sucks, but it doesn't happen because we live in fucking Cold War hangover America. So what they get is a fucking Nazi that comes along and goes, actually, the reason that this all sucks is because, you know, the liberal media, cancel culture, immigrants, all this stuff, you know, they're trying to shove cultural Marxism down your fucking throat and all this stuff. And like, if you don't have the narrative, the the truth that it's, it's your fucking boss and it's the people with all the money, that shit makes a lot of sense. As a comic, I understand it because I have a lot of friends who like, you know, before things really got divided really hard like a lot i had a lot of friends around the other side of the line of this sort of shit and really like believed in the you know the cancel culture stuff and i don't think they realized how close that stuff creeps into this other narrative the the nazi shit or whatever but it's compelling like liberals are yeah. fucking annoying they're a great scapegoat you know? <laughs> yes we all know that yeah <laughs> anyway um let's maybe get back to uh Sheriff Ozzy a little bit and just sort of round out exactly what his deal is because he's he's pretty funny. Um, he he 
Uh, oh, Anders, you had you had brought something else up about him. Um, he, yeah, this was a very valid update. Anders found. He. Uh, Thank you. Let me see if I can find it. It's in our chat somewhere. He was part of a TV it's, show um, called Live PD. The Osborns. The uh, yeah, the Osborns. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, he had a. There was an A and E cop reality series called Live PD, which was brutal, um, brutal fucking show. There's a citations needed episode on this show and on how like there's they, an entire podcast about it. Really? <laughs> called Running from Cops. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they actually like got people killed. Like, because like factors were introduced because they were filming the show and they wanted to, you know, like generate content and stuff. Um, caused more crime to happen, oddly enough. Uh, yeah, copaganda obviously really bad. But he, so the headline here is Sheriff uh, K- Knezovich decries cancel culture after axing of controversial A and E cop reality series Live PD, <laughs> which is so funny because like a like this thing I'm describing right with the the, the boogeyman of Antifa and cancel yeah. culture and all this stuff obviously lives in this guy's head, but B. Like that term comes from TV shows being. This is actually a case of like you cancellation. Like your TV show just got canceled. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're blaming on this beautiful thing. Problem, but it's like that's like allowed to happen, dude. Right? Yeah. yeah um. And, and it was particularly brutal because they were targeting people who were good for TV. Right. So they had you know any town you're in, if you work a neighborhood, like you know. Who's in trouble all the time? And so they had people picked out that would make for good TV, that would give them the reaction that they wanted, and arrest that same person over and over and over and over on TV. So there was like one woman that was a a meth addict, and she just kind of went with it, but she would say a bunch of hilarious shit. And so they would just go arrest mm. her like, hey, we have no one to arrest. Let's go arrest the, the, the lady that's going to act all crazy on TV. Yeah. And they would just go after her over and over again. She'd just been harassed and brutalized by these people. And she needs fucking help. And they're making a, a you know TV show out of it. And, and everybody gets to sit at home and laugh about the crazy woman that's on meth. You know? And she was like a nice person. Yeah. Just fucked. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's something I was thinking about during the press conference, too, is like if you take constitutional rights seriously in the, de- in the Constitution – which I don't, but if you do, <laughs> like what this guy is doing is just making a mockery of his office by, you know, in theory, a sheriff should not be politicizing a press conference, should not be advocating like uh, people's civil liberties being violated from shows like Cops and, and Live PD. Um, but is the fact that he's getting distracted with like petty bullshit kind of better than what he would be doing otherwise than being like a buttoned up just down to business let's go out and tackle some black people sheriff right. like I, is this i'm better? kind of hoping that him being distracted by my shit posting and making fun of him <laughs> constantly is keeping him so distracted that he can't do the brutal fucking shit that he like wants to do yeah 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 i mean this, this is like this is a case of a a person who's in charge of a very dangerous thing a police department essentially incorporating his job into like a Twitter meltdown. I mean, <laughs> he's showing slides of people that tweeted mean things at him, people that are clearly trolling him and stuff. I, they, yeah, yeah, maybe we just keep fucking with him. You know, he doesn't yeah, do his job very right. well. We gum up the works. I like it. 
Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it, I mean, that, that works with uh, the other white supremacists, you know? Patriot yeah. Prayer and all those guys to keep mm. them distracted fighting Antifa and, and fucking Portland. They're not out there uh, killing black and brown people or True. bombing fucking buildings. Yeah, posting the- is anti-fascist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's all been leading up to this. I guess the scariest <laughs> part of this whole story for me is what they highlight in the Washington Post article, which is uh, the fact that you were essentially grabbed off the street by th- three mysterious individuals who you later were told were police officers could one day just be uh, 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 white supremacists in costumes just abducting people. Right. And... Uh, it's never really addressed by the police department, even though he had a whole press conference about it. Um, and he, he called that a wild conspiracy theory. But right. he so, didn't talk about it at all. He just said <laughs> no. it and then said some other stuff and then closed yeah. the book on it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, how is it a conspiracy theory to say, hey, if you're coming up in a minivan and kidnapping somebody without identifying yourself and they hear and people hear about it and say, oh, that's what the cops are doing. So the only reason I went quietly is because I knew this had happened in Portland. And I'm like, holy fuck. Like, why is this happening in Spokane? Like two windows got broken at one of our protests, you know, like some people stole some shit from Nike and good fuck them. And then also Wells Fargo lost a window. And then there was some graffiti and they're acting like th- this was out of tan Antifa and all this shit. But anyway, um, Oh, where, where, what was I? So the <laughs> press what? conference, what he says is, of course, we used an unmarked vehicle. If we used a marked vehicle, he would know we were going to get him. <laughs> yeah, and I would have gone. <laughs> I would have just gone with him. It, yeah. it subverts the entire idea yeah, of the police exactly. as like yeah. an official law and order force. Yeah, well, <laughs> and so the other thing so I th- why good. Go ahead. What I was going to say is, like, I guess by this cop's own logic or whatever, you know, there's this question hanging in the air of, like, if you are so afraid of Antifa being this, like, scary terrorist organization, doesn't the precedent of police black bagging people without identifying themselves also set up a situation in which left wing terrorists in theory could black bag people without identifying themselves? But they know that's not fucking happening. (laughs) So what what I would do is put myself in a white supremacist shoes and uh, train of thought right now. And if you're thinking, hey, how do we get some notoriety? Well, there's this dude who's in the media now all the time because he got arrested by unidentified cops. So if we go and black bag him ourselves and take him ourselves, he's going to think we're cops because this already happened to him. And we can throw him in the back of a van and drive him up to the mountains and tie him to a chair and beat him or whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Why is that an odd thing to say? How is that like some crazy conspiracy theory that literally opens up that door for other people to do it? Yeah, and he just had like zero answer for it. Really interesting kind of uh, peek into the inside of this guy's mind, you know? I mean, everything he he started off this 
this uh, press conference by explaining that he also has fought Nazis a bunch of times, apparently, right? Um, yeah, Matt Shea. He's their greatest enemy. Yeah. <laughs> I guess in his mind, he's like, you know, if you go too far to the right, there's extremism. You go for too far to the left, there's extremism. He's the police, right. the thing in the middle that is, you know. Well, and that's the thing. Like, his officers at the at the first protest, too, were, like, laughing and joking with militia guys and then beating, tear gassing, and arresting uh, protesters. So there's a huge contrast there. And, and they say it was because they were out past curfew and they told them they were, they were out past curfew. But there was no, I mean, they made up the curfew about a half hour before they started enforcing the curfew right. and started just tear, tear gassing everybody and shit. Also, militia guys also out past curfew. Right. <laughs> yeah, also, exactly. That was my point. Sorry. He goes through all these <laughs> Thank slides. Thank you for that back. He goes through all these slides of uh, like protesters, and he's identifying like the fucking Iron Front symbol on Antifa people and shit, which is <laughs> fucking old German. It's been used in anti-fascist shit forever. It's from fighting fucking Nazis right. in in, uh, in Germany in the beginning, right? But uh, he also keeps identifying like people wearing gas masks and like having leaf blowers and stuff like that. And he's like, "Why would you need to bring these if you're not violent? Those are for fucking defense from the tear gas." <laughs> because you're violent, them. motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna attack somebody with a leaf blower? It blows air. It's the whole fucking point is defense. Yeah, he he was like, "Oh, and they they like to they like to pretend they're medics. They why would are you medics. Need a gas mask? And he goes, "Why would why would you need a gas mask?" If you're a medic, because <laughs> you're tear fucking gas? tear gassing medics, you piece of shit psycho. Yeah. <laughs> it has the same vibe of the you wouldn't steal a car, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you yeah. wouldn't download a movie. Yeah. Uh, why do you need a leaf blower? Uh, maybe my all-time favorite moment of the entire thing is when he he's like, uh, so he's trying to bury you publicly, and he's got all your tweets up and stuff, and then he's talking about how he's been fighting fascists, and uh, there's he, his like energy comes down, and he's like, if, Jer- if Jeremy Loger, if he's if he's against race racism, where was he when I was picking up flyers? Friday, <laughs> it's like there you're supposed to know so much about his life story to understand this press conference it is useless <laughs> like how, why would i be where like picking up white supremacist flyers wherever you are when, when i gotta i gotta paint houses i paint houses for a fucking living where, where was like he? You work there. It's very confusing. <laughs> where was he when I watched Bad Boys and applauded at the end in the movie theater, <laughs> oh, and it was oh. starring two African Americans? Where was he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and like, let's forget about all of the work I've done, like organizing protests and helping tenants in need that are disproportionately black and brown, uh, Native American a lot here where I've, I've gone, I organized an entire building and forced the landlord to pay us almost $20,000. Wow. Um, I, uh, um, I've literally pulled money out of my own pocket on my weekends and rented a truck and moved people myself, myself. Like this is the kind of shit that I do all the time and I don't get paid for it. I lose money on it. He gets paid to be a cop. Like, so what if you go and remove flyers and he probably didn't even do like he went there. He didn't go himself and remove yeah, the flyers. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like he had his other pig friends do it. Yeah. Yeah. Also removing it's a like flyer. when you go to a restaurant and I'm sorry, you go. I mean, good, good like good job removing a flyer, but that is not the peak level right. of fighting the Ku Klux Klan, you know, <laughs> guns and yeah. shit. Like yeah, a great job. You put down a fucking 
you know, a flyer for a screwdriver show or some shit. <laughs> that sounds very dangerous. Well, it was funny to me at the end of the press conference, uh, he is like continuously saying like that there's a conspiracy and he wants to find out who's funding Antifa. <laughs> and the reporter, it's, it feels like there's one reporter at the, you can't see any of the journalists there, but it's like, there's basically one guy, uh, the entire time who's asking questions. Who he keeps referring to like Daniel, Daniel, yeah. Daniel, uh, <laughs> Daniel can you're be supposed frustrating to know for me too. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he actually does a pretty good job of asking him like, this is a saying to him, this is a conspiracy theory. Like you have no evidence that there's anyone backing Antifa financially. Like, what are you suggesting here? And he's like, Oh, oh well, we saw people in multiple places. So there were people in Spokane, and then we saw some of them in Portland. So that means that there is a billion dollars behind this operation, just yeah. like by virtue yeah. of the same people in different places. Like he's look, and, and it's, and yeah. he's and, not and a detective; he was, he's a sheriff. <laughs> it's unreasonable to think he could put that together. Damn, and Daniel. He, He's also talking. <laughs> <laughs> He's sitting nice on that for Thirty seconds. <laughs> but he, yeah, he, um, uh, he's like the things he's talking about are uh, high speed radio and what, like a fucking motorcycle helmet or a bicycle helmet, like that. That's all or gas masks. Like it really is that he thinks. Well, socialists don't have jobs, so if they don't have jobs, they can't afford a bicycle helmet for $30. Yeah. You know? Like that's, that's yeah, the extent. Like somebody has a fucking walkie talkie and that's evidence that George <laughs> right. Soros must've funded this because there's no way people could have just done this on their own. Right. <laughs> and, and like greater indication. It'd be a greater indication of like outside funding if they just had like Vietnam era equipment for some reason <laughs> yeah. and to call in the, the protest by clicks. <laughs> yeah. And it, it is funny, though, as it, he truly is a moderate because he's saying, you know, it might be Soros, might be a foreign government like my bosses, the uh, the Russians who are doing this. He's like kind of <laughs> trying to appeal yeah. to both both parties here. Can you get your bosses to give us some walkie talkies? That'd be cool. <laughs> I'll try. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I used to have walk. Yeah. I don't know how, how far they can reach, but if we're ever, you know. I wish they would pay my rent so I could just be a professional revolutionary. <laughs> yeah. To put a pin this in this like thing. This is like way better than painting houses. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. You're fucking painting houses. <laughs> what, where's the money, right? Um, kind of put a pin in this thing. Yeah, the, one of the last things that uh, Daniel, the uh, reporter or whatever, asks him is, uh, you know, he tries to put it in context for the guy and go, you know, like, how is this not a conspiracy theory? And then, you know, uh, off Sheriff Ozzy responds by saying this thing about, oh, you can see all people are popping up all these different cities. It has to be, you know, uh, an outside agitator. It has to come from above, right? And then the Daniel, the reporter, kind of draws him a metaphor and goes, do you remember the ice bucket challenge, right? Remember how that <laughs> happened all over the place? Like, things can happen all over the place organically, you know, for he reasons other than the Russian government, and he just melts down <laughs> over that. He's like, "But, but this isn't the ice bucket challenge at all. This is another thing." <laughs> <laughs> it was like, 
you see this in like fights on the internet all the time. People go, "Oh, you're saying this is exactly yeah. the same?" No, I'm fucking comparing the two things. You know, but it's a pretty, yeah. you know, it's a pretty succinct metaphor. I mean, the ice bucket challenge is a meme, so it just happened because you know it's a joke that got passed around and it had a root cause, which is people were raising money for ALS or whatever. But like the cops and people that tend to look at this as. Uh, you know, through the the media lens of like outside agitators and stuff, and black people have you know I've never been part of this at all. It's all you know these fucking white people from, from different cities and stuff. Um, really, like lack. I think a pretty basic understanding that like you know, like political stuff comes from like the grass, like ground up. Like it's it make. What do you mean? Right. America has a cohesive fucking like politics like people are well, it, watching national news and stuff and, and noticing you know things connected to it in their own communities it's just well, scientific people can just people can just get online they hear about something they're like oh that's cool and they just get online and find out about it and figure out how to do it right away yeah like it's not like back in the day where we had to wait you know th- we'd hear about something three months later in a punk scene or something yeah yeah they just and go it, online and read it and and then go do it they imitate it it happens. Right. This is maybe just a case of boomers don't understand the internet. That might be like the entirety <laughs> of this fucking guy's head. right. Or and it's something that like for someone like him, you know, politics and political action is what Donald Trump or Joe Biden tells you to do. Like the idea that people would organize on their own without like uh, you know a figurehead like bossing them around or like is just a totally foreign concept. Right. He's the chief of police. His job is bossing people around. He's yeah. assuming if you're doing things, someone else told you to do it. Otherwise, how would you be doing it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. they good. Oh, I, I, I forgot what I was going to say. Um, I think we should probably round out a little bit here, but I want, before we finish, I wanted to talk about like a B story today. Um, you know, we spent the bulk of this episode, uh, bashing right we might as well bash middle um (laughs) i uh, I like bashing them too yeah (laughs) obviously you know maga guys and cops and shit are hilarious but you know lest we not forget liberals are very funny too and uh (laughs) one of them really showed it in a story that i thought was um you know i don't know loosely affiliated with our joke theme of being goth uh we might as well cover it it seems like it's on our field so let's talk about this thing that happened. I'm reading from a Vice article entitled, We Talked to the Host Accused of Doing Satanic Rituals in His Airbnb. So there's this writer who, who kind of went on a uh, like a Twitter storm or whatever the other day, had a, had a big tweet meltdown, a guy named Frederick T. Joseph, who's a marketing CEO um, and a formal nat- former national surrogate for Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders. He was a Bernie surrogate for a minute, but he went Warren after that, I think is the story. And um, he's, you know, clearly like a bougie lib. He's a black guy. That's important to the story. He brings it in, in his defense. Uh, and essentially what happened is he went to this Airbnb to go just like work on writing a book with a couple family members, his brother, I think a nephew or something like that. And was highly disturbed by a bunch of like kitschy knickknacks and stuff that, uh, you know, I guess what happened is that he decided that the house was a site for satanic rituals and (laughs) it sort of snowballed as he explored the house a little bit more and found like a little Baphomet statue and like uh, a candle, like a Santeria candle and then just like some art with like women's tits out and shit. And he goes into the basement. Yeah, boobs are a big part of it. <laughs> it's <laughs> essentially boobs are 
Satan. He's essentially in like, do you remember the the Simpsons episode with John Waters where he's explaining like kitsch, you know? The, oh yeah. The tragically, I can't remember what the word is, but uh, you know, a little fucking bobblehead of like a devil and a tiki chick and stuff like that. Um, huh. so he. <laughs> He gets into this big fight with Airbnb because he says he went down to the basement and there were like markings on the floor for like satanic rituals and stuff. The owner responds and he's been really trying to keep his uh, his name and his identity out of the story. So they just refer to him as Alex. But he's sort of explaining like, yeah, that, there's just a stain on the floor in the basement. It's like oil or something. Uh, there's a, a table that looked, I guess, in the, in the complaint, like an altar. He said, like, no, that's, I'm a DJ. It's for, like, setting up, like, a... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's really funny, and, um, you know, it just sort of took on a life of its own, and people were arguing about it on Twitter all week, and, uh, you know, the guy just won't take the L. He won't back down and admit that he kind of got, like, Scooby-Doo-style spooked in a house that <laughs> is just, it's just kitschy hipster Brooklyn crap, you know? Just like a pentagram. There's a giant upside-down cross on my wall. You know, it's it's a joke, you know? This is just an <laughs> aesthetic. Um, it raised interesting questions. The the people uh, that got the Airbnb host, you know, at one point said, like, hey, listen, I'm an agnostic, but if I, like, I'm allowed to be a pagan. If I was a pagan, you know, you can't tell me not to put like, you know, sticks and stuff up in my apartment, like any more than you could tell someone like not to have like a fucking cross on the wall or whatever. Um, anyway, punchline to the story, I guess, is that eventually someone figured out that this is the same guy who during the primaries had said uh, that he just walked out of a barbershop and everyone was talking about Elizabeth Warren, <laughs> which, you know, <laughs> like we all know that wasn't true, right? <laughs> He's a natural storyteller. You can't yeah. make him stop. <laughs> yeah. This guy seems really, really like, you know, just cool. <laughs> yeah yeah i mean he's like typing in all caps a baphomet hidden behind a dead bird in a bag you know uh <laughs> looks like the house from hereditary he's just it's getting owned really hard i don't know I, I i guess this story was kind of funny to me because like um you know, you see these people and they pop up over and over again and i'm trying to figure out what it really means it's some people have like a certain special relationship with like all of the crazy stuff that's happening right now where they keep reoccurring like a few weeks ago i was uh triggering the libs online i was getting uh yelled at by liberals nice. for posting a joke about uh biden and it wasn't even like this is the level that they're at like uh fucking D democrat liberals right now are like um they're like Philadelphia sports fans. Like they're mad and they're winning. It makes no sense, right? <laughs> <laughs> it was the, the day after the Kamala VP. I think I said something about how I was like, "Look, I I think you should probably vote for him, but like fuck him or something." Like, um, oh no, you know what I said? I said I said uh, I hope he wins, but also like it'll be really funny if he loses. Like I'm, you know, it's, I'm blackpilled about <laughs> right. this or whatever. And, and got, that's just true. Right. right. <laughs> funny, you know. It's not even like a sentiment. It just will be funny if he loses. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny when bad things happen. It's just part of comedy, you know? And um, so I got dragged pretty hard by, like, resistance Twitter. And then this one woman quote tweeted me, and she was like, uh, you know, it's always people who are never affected by any of Trump's presidency or whatever that say this. And so I responded to her and I said, like, listen, lady, ice came to my house, right? Like, I have probably been affected by Trump's, you know, government more than you. And you know what she ended up doing? A 
apologizing to me and we became wow. friends. What? A long conversation. Wow. And Are you the, serious? Yeah. And in the middle of talking <laughs> to her, I kind of want to get her on the show, but it might just be a little bit exploitive because she was nice and she apologized. And somebody pointed out to me, they were like, do you know who that is? That's the woman who said that she wanted Beto O'Rourke to fuck her until her calf's cramped. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. I see the arc here. She's from like two years ago. It was just another Twitter character. A gentle Texan boy out in New York. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm trying to figure out she sounds dope. people with internet brain and why they keep popping back up on Twitter, but... I don't know if we're going to figure she that out. She likes her today. Texan boys, I guess. I guess that's true. Mm. <laughs> Me and Beto have a lot uh, in common. Yeah. <laughs> we're like standing on top of things. We're tall. Uh, yeah. I like rolling my sleeves up when I'm wearing a long sleeve shirt. <laughs> no, who doesn't? <laughs> it's a powerful look. Cold I don't people. Know. I don't know. That's true. Anyways, to uh, to kind of put it to put a like a period on this, um, there are. A, Here's here's what I'm gonna do with the story today. Here's the metaphor, right? There are a lot of uh, scare. It's it's autumn. There are a lot of scary boogeymen in the world, right? There are, you know, many uh, monsters, but they're not real. Okay, Antifa is not coming to get you. Your Airbnb <laughs> host is not doing human sacrifices in the basement. None of this is real. Relax. The cops are the real enemy. That's it. Right. Okay. Does that work? Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I okay. you know, I, I want to say like I, I really appreciate you all uh, giving me opportunity to kind of say my piece, and I did make a lot of jokes on here and everything, but um, like the sheriff is a, is a real threat and a real concern, and uh, the fact that you know he plays by his own rules and shit and does what he wants and seems to be above the law and likes to see himself that way as like some kind of cowboy gunslinger or something is very worrisome and you know lives are in danger as long as he's uh in power um and as long as police uh forces are ran this way mm. and um and it was like horrifying for me to go through when it happened and part of the reason i reached out is because i know like jake you went through your thing with ice and everything so oh, yeah I figured we could relate on some level, but now like all the dragging that the sheriff has done to me too. Like I am paranoid everywhere I go. I live in fucking Spokane. You know what I mean? Like this is, <laughs> it's dangerous for me right now to drive around and be out in public or anything. Um, and I can't, I can't even own a gun because I have the possession charge. Um, so it's it's just dangerous, and he's made the world a lot more dangerous for me, and uh, I think I've lost customers over it and everything. Mm, I've also so gained some, so nice. I don't know <laughs> I don't know where that lands. <laughs> but um, so it has been a a, a big problem, and uh, I just kind of laugh at things when they're really fucked up, because what else are you going to do? Like right? Yeah, goddamn you know. right. <laughs> yeah well um yeah obviously you know we're all uh in solidarity with you um sorry that happened glad you're okay um yeah man i mean uh is there anything we can do to promote since we got you on the mic here is there anything uh you want to draw attention to um, um where do we go from here spokane spokane area tenants united uh organization that i founded that is um you know we help organize tenants and 
we ha- I have plans for it that uh, um, haven't completely unfolded yet, but I've got money raised and I'm trying to raise more money. So if you go to GoFundMe, Spokane Area Tenants United Mutual Aid Fund, um, we're bringing um, necessities to tenants in need. So that includes like toilet paper, paper towels, dish soap, uh, hand soap, body wash, all that kind of stuff. Because I remember times in my life like trying to get my shit together and being poor and having to wash the counters with body wash or something like that. You know what I mean? And just that frustration and and how defeating it feels to wash your clothes in the sink and all that kind of shit. So we just want to lessen some of the burden for, for uh, tenants and make sure that they have everything they need to live in a clean environment. And especially with COVID going on, like it's, it's even more important now. So uh, Spokane, uh, Spokane area tenants United mutual aid fund on GoFundMe. Right on. Cool. Well, I'm that's really sure. great. You're doing that, man. Yeah. Yeah. Who does? yeah I'm sure we got Thank some you. listeners up there. I know I met some of them last time I was out on tour up in the area. So. Yeah. Give me a call. You come back in. So fucking, we can ever fucking Fauci ever lets comedy come back, you know? He's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, it's like we, we can go to movies and plays now, but no stand up comedy. Well, <laughs> is he wrong? Go to see music. No, is he there's wrong? lots of there's lots of barns and shit out here. We could. <laughs> oh yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> you can do like a speakeasy. Yeah, yeah. Secret comedy. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe next summer or something. I'm not sure if, how the winter is really going to shape up for that shit. I'm temporarily retired. I think is where I'm going. With comedy, but I'll come out of retirement. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about coming out of retirement. I think that's a cool thing to get to do in your career, you know? <laughs> right. You when the Jay-Z world is- needs you, yeah, you can come back. <laughs> <laughs> Not now. <laughs> when it gets really bad. <laughs> yeah. Comedians are the worst people to bring out of retirement because most of us would be like, I'm back and here's the same jokes from three years ago. <laughs> Suck my dick. Um, right. Yeah. Like, didn't Seinfeld do the same routine for like 25 years or something? There's some pretty good YouTube, uh, like <laughs> QAnon style mashup things of this. Yeah, he's done like the same jokes on the panel on late night shows and stuff. It's, uh, he's sick. That's because they're perfected jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You want to complain about a perfect yeah, it's joke? It's like a, right. It's like a Picasso being, <laughs> you know, moved around to different museums. True. Yeah, yeah. It's exactly the same as that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get the fuck out of here. Let's do some plugs and leave. Um, Alex, you got anything? Yeah. Um, if you have like a, a slightly uh, unperfect house in Spokane, you should contact Jeremy about painting it. Um, <laughs> and then you can just follow me on Twitter at Patak Jokes. That's P T A K Jokes, and I'll put anything on there and a lot of unnecessary stuff. Cool. Um, uh, good. At Anders Lee here on Twitter. You can watch me on Redacted Tonight, uh, Portable TV, and uh, there is, as I've been mentioning on the show a lot, um, a primary election in Delaware for the Senate. On Tuesday, that's actually could be a huge upset. Um, not telling you to phone bank, but that is an option that citizens of the world have uh, really? in the next few days. Yes, I don't want to. We don't endorse, but this is just a. If you feel so inclined, it's it, it's open for you. 
Okay, I see. I read you loud and clear, brother. Huh? For Jessica Scarane, I should mention her name. Yes. All right. Um, if you uh, okay, I came up with an idea. You, Jeremy, you should paint the satanic Airbnb house to be more friendly. <laughs> so let's connect that that guy. Um, you can paint my house to be more satanic. We'll get Jeremy some more work. Um, I also, what I want to plug is, uh, if you are a rich TV writer and you are angry that, uh, young comedians are not voting for Joe Biden, if, if someone pays me, this is, you know, fake, obviously, like legally you can't do this. If someone pays me $8,000, I will vote for Joe Biden. I just want to throw that out there. Uh, you right. know, Dana Gould. <laughs> As a joke. Uh, whoever the fuck, <laughs> the people that are always mad, um, the the community lady hey you got eight thousand dollars that's another vote for <laughs> joe biden this is important so let's go ahead and get that going um <laughs> i don't even know what i meant but get it going and uh, let's get it going yeah and uh listen to why you mad <laughs> and hopefully someday i will come out of retirement and i'll come do uh comedy whether it be in a room or in a barn or whatever Maybe for sixteen thousand dollars, Jake will come out of retirement. Yeah, for six. That's wherever it is. Yeah, <laughs> it will probably be in twenty twenty two. It looks like that's. I, I will get in a hot tub with twenty people with COVID for sixteen thousand dollars. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, like a fear. Well, factor it's not stuff. a competition, so let's hope it doesn't come to that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the the heat would kill the COVID. That's probably not how it works. Oh, okay, well, a cold. Cold uh, bath. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Well, uh, I think that's it. Oh, uh, give us a review on iTunes. It helps oh, yes. us. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to boost our numbers because uh, much like Jeremy loses and gains customers because of his political actions, uh, we lose and gain <laughs> you know, subscribers and patrons and fans. And I get a lot of angry emails and I also get a lot of like you know, good ones and it's a mess. So help us out. Uh, subscribe to our Patreon for bonus episodes or to support the show buy merch, all that stuff. Um, yeah. And then we can just keep this goddamn thing going. All right. Well, that's it. Uh, it's finished.